Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Let's talk about fixing the Florida Gators defense with Cody Alexander of MatchQuarters.com here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm stoked for this episode. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants Country and NFL 33. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. And without further ado, here's Cody Alexander of MatchQuarters.com. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Cody Alexander of MatchQuarters.com. And Cody, Florida Gators defense in 2023. Um, I got a lot of hair. It made me lose a lot of it as well. Uh, it was it was something to see. But just what were your thoughts on the Florida Gators defense in 2023? Yeah, I thought a lot of it has to do with personnel issues, just trying to get recruits in here, get the right personnel for what they're trying to do. Um, I think the scheme is fine. Um, I think a lot of times when you when you look at the SEC, brutal schedule Florida has, I, it's one of the worst in terms of schedule strength uh, that you can find, in, especially on the east side of the SEC. Uh, so I, there is room for uh, positivity. I thought they had a great third down plan. I think, in the, and two, to me, you have to start somewhere small and build off of it. They had a great third down plan. Um, there, I think now we have to start winning more on first down so we have less third downs. Uh, that's kind of the people, – people always focus on third down when in reality – if you win on first, you usually will win on third as well. It sets it up really nice. So yeah, there's, there's some there, but we've had a loss of talent, right? Florida's had a loss of talent over the past couple of years, uh, two to the NFLs, primarily in the secondary, which I think is more, more important. So I, I do find positivity. Uh, it's not, I don't think people understand there's not that much of a difference between barely going 500 and then turning around and having a 10 win season the, the next year. It could be quarterback play. It could be um, a defensive back has a great year and, and you're able to lock down a whole side. I think too, with SEC, you you saw a, a lot of times is just kind of an explosive of, of offense this year uh, and in and, and the past couple of years, really in the last five, I mean, the SEC has really kind of become an offensive league. So yeah, I, I, I do understand the frustration of the fans, um, but I do think that there is positivity and, and it's headed in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I also think the scheme is fine. Really hard to have an effective scheme when you're two starting outside corners allowed 24 yards per catch and 22 yards per catch. Right, right. It doesn't really matter uh, <laughs> what you do outside of that. But you mentioned the third down package that you're a big fan of. You just published a piece, which I'll put in the, uh, 
in the link below here. But I specifically liked how you talked about the, the cold, warm, and hot pressures and cycling those and kind of having those in, in your toolbox. And I know that that was a thing when Austin Armstrong said that uh, in the summer last year that people were like, what the hell does he mean with the toolbox? Um, but for those who haven't read it yet, I'd appreciate if you can give them kind of a peek into that article and what you love so much about that third down package. Yeah, you don't want to always have a, a very blitz-centric third down. I think that there's a misnomer on third down of, uh, you know, you want to have this, you know, exotic, sexy blitz package, and that's not necessarily always the case. It comes down to protection schemes. Now, at the college level, you have pretty limited protection schemes. Now, it's obviously more advanced than the high school level, but you are getting some different things. Um, but most people are going to camp in one area or the other. They're going to react to certain fronts uh, differently. And so once you kind of have an idea of what the basic protections are, there's natural windows within those protections. And so that's where you're going to create your stunt games. Your blitz packages are all kind of manipulating those protections. Now, off of that, cover the coverage piece is also on that. And so I kind of call it the coverage bell curve, right? Is the closer that you get to uh, the, down, the down marker. So one yard to 10 plus yard, you kind of go through this. We want to have zone when it's really close because we're getting a lot of rub routes. It's quick. We want eyes on the ball because of the run game. As we go kind of into the middle rounds, we're now, you know, the middle downs, we're now getting more of a man scheme, right? Because we want to be tight coverage. We want to sit at the sticks. Things are going to break right there. And so it, it's just easier to be playing man. And then as we get longer down now, we go back down the bell curve and now we're more a zone. And so that kind of tends to be where you marry it. Now, the hot, warm and cold that you talked about, the hot is like, hey, we're sending six or more people. We're getting hot. We're heating them up. We're firing it in there. Um, and I think you do every once in a while on a third and long have to throw a haymaker. Uh, there's a great example that I used in, in the uh, Florida State game. They're backed up. They have to throw a vertical column pass, right? It's third and long. They have to throw vertically to get out of their own end zone. That's when you want to heat them up because you know that the quarterback is going to have to uh, throw the ball quickly but he has to throw it to a vertical routes. And that's where you sit everybody kind of at, at seven to 10 yards. And then you play everything top down. And they ended up getting a sack for a safety. Uh, that's a good example of it. Warm is more of your five man pressures. Maybe you want to run a simulated pressure. All simulated pressure is at the snap of the ball. It looks like we're sending five or more, but we're only going to rush four. And so you, you get your sim packages in that. Typically you're going to have sim packages with a zone coverage. You're going to have your five man pressures with man coverage, right? And then the cold is maybe you bluff, maybe you just play off ball and play it safe. Um, maybe you just have a, some sort of a four-man stunt game. Like against Utah, they used a lot of flush stunts, which is essentially you're just trying to break the pocket on one side, and then you have kind of a spy on the other that's kind of reading the quarterback. I used a good example of that in the article against Utah. And those are typically what you want against running quarterbacks. Um, so that that to me is kind of when you have these three-tiered system, and then now that's where you mix and match of how hot do we want it to attack the quarterback, and then what is the coverage and the protection piece off of that. Yeah, and you wrote another piece about the Gators defense earlier in the year as well, if I'm not mistaken, about the Tennessee game, yes. just defending the Bryles system. Yes. Can, can we talk about that a bit? Because for me, I think that was Austin Armstrong's best game as a defensive coordinator in 2023, just completely 
demolishing, dismantling that uh, that Tennessee offense. And I know a lot of it came down to Cam Jackson, nose tackle, being able to kind of dominate his point of attack. But can you just talk about how Austin's – I don't know why I said Austin, like he's my best friend. Austin Armstrong's defensive system there really stymied, uh, stymied that Tennessee offense. Yeah, well, first of all, I think people need to understand uh, Austin is a, a young coach, but he's been around some some high-level guys that are really um, kind of at the forefront of what defenses are doing at the college level. So he he does understand how to do a game plan. In fact, if you go back to the Southern Miss stuff, they led they they were one of the top teams uh, in in college football in tackles for loss and pressure rates and things like that. So he do, does understand he can create. Um, I thought his game plan again again against Tennessee was uh, phenomenal when I come from the Bryles system in fact I work for Art Bryles uh, from 11 to 13 as the defensive GA so I understand that system and Tennessee runs the purest system the purest form of it uh, people probably don't know but uh, Hypel was Jeff Levy who is married to Art Bryles daughter they were roommates in college um, so where do you think he learned it from? Uh, so it is the system. Uh, so I'm always interested on how teams defend that. I thought he did a really good job. And like you said, he got, he used his, he used his interior defensive lineman to kind of waste the five offensive linemen. And when you can do that, uh, you change the math for the defense and that allows extra guys into coverage. So what he did is he packed the middle of the formation. It's a very zone heavy scheme. They like to run zone. They like to run insert, which is just a, a the new age way of saying ISO. Uh, they do like uh, some counter schemes because it looks like insert. So they do a lot of like same as looks runs, but it's all pretty much built off of zone. And so when you get a zone team, you want to pack the B gaps and you want to have a nose that can control the A gaps. And so that's essentially what he did. And then you walk out your overhangs, which are the guys right outside the box. You put them in an apex, meaning that they're in the middle between the slot receiver and the tackle. And they're just kind of sitting there as what I call a wall two player. You're just walling the number two receiver. You're creating a wall and you're building a triangle over these stacks because that's essentially what they are. They're just stacks and they're really wide. And so there's very limited amount of ways that you can play that. And so teams typically, that, and that's why this system has been so good is because it forces defense to make a choice. And once you make a choice, then they have in their, in their playbook, what attacks it. It's you have to think of the art Bryle system as almost like a flex bone or a wing T system where it's an, if then offense. So if you do this, then we do that. And so it's built off of that. Um, I thought he did a really good job of making it simple for the defense to, to execute and really hard for the offense to find space because that's that's what this offense does, right? It creates a lot of space, and the defense has to constrain it to the best of their ability. Interior defensive line play was crucial for that success, and, and I thought he did, like you said, a masterful job against Tennessee this year. Yeah, um, him putting – I know that uh, just watching that game live and seeing Twitter, watching – the star edge rusher Prince Luman Mielin go in motion with the back and just go basically play slot was driving people crazy, but worked. So, so well, yeah, you, when you, when you play an offense like that, it forces you to do different things. I mean, Georgia played their, their uh, mint front, which is just essentially what 
Florida played. They just played that, but but they played it from a three high safety. They just took the nickel and put them in the middle of the field. So I mean, we even have the the Bulldogs doing something really really weird. Uh, so it, that offense forces you to do some bizarre things on defense uh, within your structure. And Florida was able to do something really clever like that and and kind of expand and, and kind of get everybody out, but still be able to play the run really well because it is a run oriented offense. I think people see the sexy long explosive passes and they forget that this is actually a run oriented offense. This thing is built to run. Uh, in fact, when we were at Baylor, our run game was really what kept the engine going. Uh, and that's kind of when you don't have a run game in that offense, it becomes, it kind of sputters and dies and it's not, it's not that great. It reminds me, it's kind of like the, uh, the other end of the spectrum from like the Shanahan offense where it's real play action heavy. So it's basically the same offense, but instead of being condensed, it's really, really wide. Yeah. Um, that When you were at Baylor, is that when oh, was it Lake, Lake Seastrunk? Yes, we had Lake Seastrunk. Yes. Kid, was it? Yes. And we, we had, we had a play that we called the Lake Seastrunk play. Um, and all it was, was we would get in two by two. We would get everybody really wide. Typically we would get a four down at that, at that time, people weren't running the tight front. And then our center would just bang the, the nose, the guard would overtake. And then he would kind of sift up and it was essentially an ISO play. And the running back would just read the center's turn and then cut off his butt and then just hit the hash. Uh, we have, there's multiple, multiple highlights of Lake Seastrunk basically running through the middle of the field untouched. So yeah, he was a free. He was, he was pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was convinced he was going to be the second coming when he got to the NFL. There. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Olivia Rodrigo is going on tour, I guess, according to Spotify. I'm just, just saying, if you, if you, if you want to go to that, baseball season's right around the corner. You still got some college basketball going on. If you want to catch the Gators who are now ranked, just saying, you, you can go to game time and do that. And I love that game time gives you the peace of mind when you buy those tickets that you could see the view from your seat before you buy so that you're not worried about having a stupid post in front of your, in front of your field of view. It's a fantastic thing. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And guess what? Even an hour after it starts, it's the best place to find last-minute tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. And right now, if you want to use code Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. With, with the Florida Gators defense, we know 2023 was rough. We know personnel's going to be better yeah. this year, pretty much across the board defensively. What's the next step 
toward improving and even just evolving that defense for Austin Armstrong and Ron Roberts. Well, I think it's just, it's just really leaning into your personnel. Uh, I think it's creating and building off of what you already got on there. I think with Ron Roberts coming in uh, with Austin Armstrong, both of those guys are highly regarded. Austin's obviously a younger guy. Um, Roberts is kind of an established guy. He's a, you know, him and uh, Dave Aranda, their defenses from when they were at Southeast. Well, Roberts was at Southeast Louisiana and then Aranda when they were down at Delta state. I mean, those are kind of the, those are the foundational defenses for a lot of college football teams. Um, And a lot of NFL, a lot of NFL guys are now kind of going in and looking at that kind of stuff. So I think Roberts brings you, um, kind of somebody that can sit there uh, and, and bounce ideas off of. And then also kind of, if he needs to direct it, direct it and kind of keep you safeguarded. Um, uh, he's been everywhere. He's kind of seen everything. Uh, so I'm interested. I'm, I'm really interested to see those two work together and how that, how that's going to uh, work out. Yeah. With Austin Armstrong, he was one of the youngest defensive coordinators in power five last year, if not the youngest, another one, he was at Southern Miss. He was the youngest defensive yes. coordinator at the FBS level there. Obviously, defense struggled in year one. We know that a lot of that did come down to personnel. Linebacker play was terrible. Cornerback play was terrible. Pass rush wasn't there unless it was Princely or Blitz. How much of a stride do you kind of expect the defense to take with him now having, with him personally, having a year of SEC play calling under his belt, having better knowledge of the personnel? Because last year he got hired in February. Right. Yeah. Patrick Tony went to Arizona. And so now he's got just another year of experience in general, a year in the SEC, another year of personnel with his guys coming in now. How much of a stride do you expect the defense to take, whether it's just schematically or production-wise, under Armstrong in year two? Well, I think you you can go and look at this year uh, versus what uh, what they had with uh, under Tony, and it, it's just a, a um, basically raised it very high. I know it's still not where people want it to be, but the SEC is such a very defensive heavy league um, that. But you have you have production, and it's been it's been getting better. You would assume that this year will it, it will be even more better. You kind of want to get you know you want to see steps. I think the steps will be there. Uh, it's already gotten better, and I know that that's hard because at the end of the day, you're judged on the box score. Right. You're judged on the box score. You're judged on uh, did we win the game? Um, and so I understand that being, being a, a, with a coach background of my own. I mean, that's a, that's kind of the final say in everything. So, you know, you can have improvement and you can show improvement. But if you're not winning those games. So I think winning some of these closer games, they're going to have just as tough a schedule. Uh, as they did last year. So kind of, you know, can we translate that into wins? I think going to a bowl game, finishing with maybe eight wins, nine wins, if we can, if we can get a little bit lucky, I think that would be, that's something that that's positive. And the defense part of that, I think will get better as you have uh, Robertson and Armstrong together, working together with this personnel, uh, kind of some of these newer players, kind of the growing up and understanding now you have an idea of what you want to do against a lot of your opponents that that you're going to be seeing yeah and after studying the florida gators defense in 2023 knowing ron roberts austin armstrong even patrick tony just that tree in general what's the biggest thing do you that you think ron roberts brings to the table for florida's defense this year because i know that you know austin armstrong in 2023 for one reason or another didn't blitz the nickel much he didn't blitz the safety much which is something he did a lot of at southern miss and didn't do it ron roberts still did it a lot in 2023 what do you think is the biggest thing that roberts kind of 
brings to Austin Armstrong in this defense. Well, I think it's just going to be an extension of what we've already seen uh, on the field. I think you're going to have a little bit of a, um, an enhancement. Now you have somebody else in the room that can actually go go in and, you know, quality control what's going on at other positions. And so when you have two DC types like that, obviously someone's going to have to call it, uh, but you have two guys that are kind of established as DCs. I, and look, I get Austin Armstrong is young, but he is talented. Um, I think uh, you were talking about uh, him on Twitter and kind of the coach. He's kind of the coach speak guy that you see. He's like the clinic guy, uh, but that's really him. That's who he is. As a right, he is. He's kind of a, a football nerd. Uh, I think that's why we've kind of hit it off together. We, you know, I've, I've talked to Austin. Uh, right, you know, multiple times, and he's he's such a good dude, and and I think with with Robert, you have kind of that uh, somebody that can now kind of safeguard what's going on, maybe bounce different ideas off. I know he's very heavy into defensive line play, kind of what they want to do structurally. They they really do mesh. This is not going to be a situation where you have a guy coming in that wants to do something completely different and you kind of have that oil and water. These are guys that have worked together before. Uh, they kind of come from the same language system. They understand each other with what they want to do. And I think what you can do now is now you just have somebody else in the room. Uh, and that's like what I think Napier really went after was now we have somebody else in the room, the one that I trust that's worked for me, but also that, you know, I know that they can safeguard each other. Cause look, there, there are some things like with Roberts wants to have like really check heavy defenses where there's like four checks in one call. Um, and so you can kind of get into a situation where you almost have too much volume in the playbook. Uh, and then, you know, you can get to another system when you're in a foxhole where you don't have anybody to talk to sometimes is that you can kind of lose sight of what you're trying to do. So I think those two collaborating will be really interesting. I hope it works out. This episode of Locked on Gators is brought to you by FanDuel, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. So here's what you do. You go, you log into FanDuel, create an account, you use code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, so go to FanDuel.com slash LOCKEDON. Then you take $5, you deposit it, you bet it on Something stupid, like a minus 1,600 college basketball bet. Just saying. It's a suggestion. It's a suggestion. You do that, you get 150 bucks in bonus bets, and you use all of those on the NBA, which comes back tomorrow. Just saying. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. And remember that FanDuel is an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the Armstrong coach speak stuff. He got... Twitter was not happy with him when when he did his whole speech. And he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna be multiple up front, multiple back end. We're gonna have a whole toolbox, whole tool shed." Yes, and people were just like, "What the hell is he even talking about at this point?" It was like the ultimate coach speak moment where people were just like, "I don't know what he's saying, so I'm mad." Like, yeah, it's, it's that scene from Forty Year Old Virgin when Kevin Hart's just like, "Look, you're throwing a lot of words at me, and I don't know what they mean, so I'm taking it with respect." <laughs> and that's exactly what it became with Austin Armstrong and the coach speak. Uh, before I let you go, I did want to ask you just about the approach that Florida's taking this year of having Ron Roberts is coming in. He's the experienced guy. Obviously he's worked with uh, Billy Napier before he's coming in as the head coach of the defense. Yes. Yeah. 
What do you kind of think of that approach for Florida where they've got one of the youngest defensive staffs in college football right now with Gerald Chapman on the defensive line, Mike Peterson outside linebackers, Ron Roberts is handling inside linebackers, head coach of the defense, a million other titles, Austin Armstrong, defensive play caller, still defensive coordinator, and Will Harris as the secondary coach is an incredibly young group. What do you think of that approach of having Ron Roberts with, what, 30-plus years of experience now coaching coming in to be that head coach and, and that mentor type? Well, I think it just you're coaching the coaches now. And now you've got you've got a guy in there that can he can obviously coach, um, but then also he can coach the coaches. I think that that's something as a young coach and, and when you're a young play caller like that, of kind of being the dude in the room and kind of being the, the man in the room and have to kind of get onto that. Sometimes you, you know, you have it mature to the point of where you can you can really have some of those hard conversations, right? Um, and not saying that Austin can't do that. I think Austin can. It's just when you have an established guy like that there's kind of it it kind of speaks volumes right like when oh, okay I get it now it's another way of thinking it it's a hey I've been there too maybe looking hey maybe you're you're overlooking this aspect because you just haven't lived through that process yet um, so I I really truly believe um, at the college at the power five level and at the NFL level the more guys with head coaching experience the more guys with coordinating experience that you can get on your staff that don't have some sort of other agenda right but you can all get going that's when you kind of get that's when you get uh, some something special Right. And when you have a young staff, having an established coach that can go in kind of either uh, behind Armstrong or in front of them and be like, hey, look, I'm seeing this problem. I'm going to go take care of it and then kind of relay that back that that kind of un un tethers Armstrong from trying to do a whole bunch of things when you already have a lot on your plate. And so, I, you know, to me, I think I, I'm, I'm hoping that both of them it works out really well uh, and, and they kind of find their rhythm. They'll obviously work through that in the spring, but um, I'm excited to see it. I think that, uh, you know, anytime that you can get two really good guys together uh, and start doing something, uh, then, then that's what it is. I, and I think too, you know, there is a, there is a little bit of a tendency to worry about, you know, too you know, there are too many guys, you know, too many guys trying to trying to control what's going on in a room, but I do think that this this is a pair that's worked together. They understand each other, um, and obviously, uh, you know, if if Napier wanted if Napier wanted Roberts to be the guy, then he would have made him the guy. You know, I, I think that that's kind of a symbol of how this is going to go as well. So I'm excited. Both of them, I have much respect for, and I'm I'm excited to see them work together. Yeah, I uh, can't wait to see it with Ron Roberts. Obviously, a big fan of him, Austin Armstrong. And then you have Will Harris, who's also a defensive coordinator for a year or two at Georgia Southern before going to the NFL. Uh, but you got a lot of minds in there that can hopefully figure out this defense for the 2024 season. Thank you so much, Cody. This is Cody Alexander of matchquarters.com. And I mean, really, just go subscribe. It's worth it. I promise you. Read that thing every day. I almost dropped something off my desk. Got the book right here. So thank you so much, Cody. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free right this in the podcast. Thank you again to Cody Alexander of matchquarters.com. Links in the description below. It's worth it. I'm just saying it, it's very much worth it. If you want to learn more about football, that's where you go. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WMS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants, Country, and NFL 33, and I will see you all next time.